What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey folks, Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com coming to you for episode 11 our third week here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Very excited to be uh, recording this again. I have exciting news. If you notice a slight pickup in the audio quality level of the podcast, I uh, went out over the weekend and uh, ponied up and bought me a, uh, a nice white blue snowball microphone. So uh, very excited about that. I uh, hope you guys are picking up on a slightly better sound. We've been using just the mic that came with the laptop, and I know... Uh, for you guys that are podcasting pros, you're only as good as your audio quality, you know. Uh, but I appreciate you guys bearing with me these first two weeks through uh, what sounded like a very, very hot mic. Uh, but no, excited now. Hopefully the sound quality can improve. I can only hope the podcast quality can follow suit. Um, happy Monday morning to you guys that are listening to this right away. Episode 11, we are still catching up on that preseason opener, uh, Thursday night in Philadelphia. Uh, Bucks lost 17 to nine. We were able to get to it in the Friday podcast, but lots more to get to. Uh, got some news from over the weekend. Uh, just to set up the week ahead for you before we get too much. Uh, Bucks did practice on Saturday morning at One Buck Place. Had Sunday off. They will be back practicing Monday morning. They get Tuesday off, uh, and then the podcast goes on the road. Uh, the Bucks are going to Jacksonville for joint practices with the Jacksonville Jaguars on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm already trying to figure out the logistics of where I might record the podcast for Thursday uh, because I won't be able to do it in my usual location. Uh, but anyway, Wednesday, Thursday, podcast uh, will be on the road. Bucks will be practicing with the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, that is open to the public. Uh, I don't have times to share with you just yet, but it should be morning practices Wednesday and Thursday in Jacksonville. Uh, we'll have lots of updates from there for sure. Uh, Friday, they're off. Saturday night, they play their second preseason game. Uh, preseason there in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Uh, very excited about that to uh, be on the road. We'll figure out the logistics of where we can record, what the acoustics might be like in the uh, the hotel room we'll probably record from. There's not really many other options there in Jacksonville. It's kind of cool. I, I don't want to share too much, but uh, right now it's like everybody's different with their podcasting routine, if you will. Uh, I'm not recording at home right now. Uh, I got three kids, uh, as you might know, uh, and they're often asleep, so I didn't want to have to do the whole whispering on the podcast uh, so I don't wake the kids. Uh, I didn't want to wake the wife either. So I've been leaving the house, uh, going to an undisclosed location where we record the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, it's not far from the house, so it's easy for me. Uh, I know I have run of the place, can be as loud or as quiet as I want. Uh, the cool thing is, on the way in and out, middle of the night as it is, uh, we got deer, which are awesome. So every night I can uh, look forward to not only recording the podcast, but seeing a few deer on the way in, a few deer on the way out. Uh, so some nights I'm not telling you, but like the other night uh, when we did the Friday podcast, it was a five deer night. It was very strong. Uh, no deer on the way in. So we're hoping if we ramble long enough here, uh, we'll see some on the way back. Anyway, uh, news of the weekend to get to the big news, of course. We've been wondering about the 
Overall health of J.R. Sweezy, the free agent guard, signed from the Seahawks in March. Uh, Bucks gave the guy $32 million, so you'd think you definitely would do all the right checkups, make sure there's no physical concern, especially with an offensive lineman. Uh, but as the Times' Rick Stroud reported Saturday, uh, J.R. Sweezy has a herniated disc that he had surgery for, uh, kind of like Akeem Spence did last offseason. Uh, and while he is making progress, did get good news from that doctor out in California, uh, J.R. Sweezy's headed to the in-season pup list, the physically unable to perform list, which means he will miss the first six weeks of the season. Uh, fortunately, the Bucks have a bye in week six, so he'll only miss five games. Uh, but that means moving forward, it, it's reasonable to think right now that the Bucks will have Kevin Pample as their left guard for the first five games of the season. Uh, and I think in the offseason... Bucks fans probably would have said they were okay with that. They saw glimpses of Kevin Pample last year. Uh, Logan Mankins went down for a game. Pample filled in. Pample spent a ton of time as the sixth offensive lineman. They liked that jumbo line, that six-man line. Uh, and Pample did well filling in there. Uh, so I think there was some confidence back in like January, February, that if the Bucks were moving forward, Kevin Pample was a third-year pro who'd played some tackle, played some guard, uh, could be the guy at left guard. Uh, Dirk Cutter talked about how Pample was kind of upset when they signed J.R. Sweezy because uh, he had hoped he'd have a shot at getting the left guard job. Uh, and as it turns out now, he's got it again. So uh, Sweezy out for the first five games. That's the plan right now. That means that Kevin Pample is now your starting left guard. Uh, it also means that he's not a backup tackle. So now Gaz or Sherless, uh, we've kind of wondered whether Gaz would make this roster or not as a veteran backup tackle. He's your swing tackle now. He's your your sixth man. He's the guy that would come in for either tackle, you would think, if there were an injury. Also makes it all the more likely that Evan Smith is probably now your seventh lineman as the top interior guard center backup, assuming he doesn't beat out Joe Hawley for the job in the first place. Um, so now you have to wonder about that because you got some depth issues at guard, as we've mentioned. Caleb Beninock has been out for two weeks now. We don't know when Caleb will get back. He's still walking around with a... Uh, cast on his left foot from an ankle injury at the start of camp. Uh, so if Beninock doesn't go, all of a sudden that fourth guard is getting down there. I mean, if you think about what the Bucks would have if Smith were your third guard, if you would, uh, your fourth is now either Josh Allen, who's never played in a game. Uh, it could be a guy like uh, Taylor Fallon, the undrafted rookie from Memphis, who actually played more snaps in Thursday's game than any player on the field. Played 55 snaps. He's definitely trying to sneak out of that 53-man roster. What I worry right now for Taylor's sake is that this makes it all the more likely that the Bucks might be looking to scour the waiver wires there on September 3rd and pick up a good lineman that was cut loose by another team. Somebody has a really good offensive line. Uh, that guy they cut, that 10th lineman there, might be better than the 9th lineman here. So all the more likely now that the Bucks might be looking at signing a backup interior lineman. I still think Leonard Wester can make this team as the fourth tackle. Uh, but definitely some question marks now with guard depth at the start of the season with J.R. Sweezy out. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, there are now less than four weeks to the season opener in Atlanta. Very excited about that. Uh, what else do we want to say here? You know, one of the things we haven't gone over yet is some of the different uh, formations and looks from the Bucks' uh, preseason opener on Thursday. Hard to know too much because your starters really played less than 20 plays. Uh, it seemed like on offense, the main number was 18 plays. Winston played 18 plays. Starting offensive line played 18 plays. Uh, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson played only 14 plays. Doug Martin played only 13 plays. Uh, so they got everybody out relatively quickly. I'm always curious to see what kind of formations they keep 
when they're running backups through? Do you keep the, the same formations and the same tendencies with backup personnel just so they go through the motions, just so they're doing what the offense normally does? We ran the numbers on that after going over and watching tape and, and checking the NFL website and all that kind of stuff. Uh, as a general rule, offensively, uh, the Bucks like that three-receiver look. Uh, whether they got starters in or backups, 67% of your offensive plays had a three-receiver, one running back, one tight end formation. That's definitely the preferred look. I do think you'll see a little bit more this year of that two-receiver, two-tight end look. And keep in mind that they really didn't play their top tight ends much either. Uh, the guys that started were Cameron Brait and Luke Stocker. Brait played only 14 plays. Stocker played only six plays. So they're they're not really able to utilize their depth as much with those two out of the way after the first, whatever, eight minutes of the game. Uh, but still, like we said, 67% three-receiver set. Next most common formation, two receivers and two tight ends. That was 27%. Uh, just a total of four plays during the game where they went three tight end. That would be like their jumbo package, their uh, goal line package. They had a fourth and one, if you remember, uh, where they went forward on fourth and one, went with three tight ends. Uh, I forget which running back got stuffed. Maybe that was uh, Mike James. Maybe that was Storm. I think it was Storm Johnson. Uh, got dropped for a loss. So they had a big fourth and one. Could not convert that. So offensively, again, what you're looking at is this primary look on offense. It's three receivers and one tight end. Uh, almost always one backfield. I mean, they might have a, a one back that flares out to the out, but not much empty set that we saw from the Bucks on uh, empty backfield, I mean in that Thursday opener. Defensively, you kind of wonder what the breakdown would be between the three linebacker, what they would call the base defense, uh, and the nickel, where you only have two linebackers and you add a fifth defensive back. Uh, about two to one is the number. Uh, it kind of depends on whether you count penalties as downs or not. It's like the general participation chart had it with 43 downs in the nickel, 20 in the base. Uh, so about two to one, about what we thought, 65 to 70% nickel defense. What that does mean is that you're seeing more of the Nichols, and the Nichols right now are Jude Ajay Barima uh, and the rookie Vernon Hargraves. They both will play a little bit outside corner, but those are the two main Nichols. You're going to see more of them than you are the strong side linebackers, and your main strong side linebackers, the ones that come off the field in the nickel, are Daryl Smith, the veteran they signed this year as a free agent, and Devontae Bond, the rookie from Oklahoma, uh, third-day pick in the draft. Uh, Certainly a guy that seems like he's going to make this team but again, not playing that much. If you look at their snap counts from Thursday, uh, Daryl Smith had only 13 snaps and he was done for the night. Devontae Bond had only 16 snaps. He was done. Uh, the Nichols were much more busy. Jude had 35 snaps. Vernon Hargraves had 30 snaps. By the way, I want to get to one more thing from Saturday's practice. Uh, we did actually have injury updates to deal with. Keep in mind, they're playing on a Saturday and this is a practice a week before. So they kind of had an extra, like a gravy practice, if you will, just an extra practice to where any kind of uh, slightly dinged-up guy is probably going to get the day off just to they do everything they can to make sure that injury doesn't perpetuate into next week and the next game. So long list of guys that were sidelined. Uh, we don't necessarily even know what the injuries are for these guys yet. Vernon Hargraves got the day off, the rookie cornerback from Florida. Leonard Wester, who he mentioned, is the second-team left tackle. He had the day off. Uh, Brandon Myers, probably the most visible injury we saw Thursday night, was Brandon Myers coming off with a knee injury. Uh, Myers had the day off. The long snapper, Andrew DePaula, looked like he hurt himself downfield in punt coverage. Uh, he had the day off. They don't really have a backup long snapper on roster. It was kind of fun. They had uh, Adarius Glanton, who's a second-string linebacker, uh, had him work him kind of taking snaps before practice just to 
prepare him as an emergency long snapper, that kind of thing. We've also seen uh, one of the tight ends, Alan Cross, has taken snaps as well. I don't think he's going to make the team necessarily, so he wouldn't be a, a reasonable option in season. But you're always curious who your emergency holders are, who your emergency snappers are. Uh, those four were out. Elijah Shoemate, the uh, rookie safety who had missed time with a hand-wrist kind of issue, uh, played with a big old like cast-looking thing on his hand. He did not practice on Saturday either. Uh, Donovan Smith was home with the flu, uh, which made for an interesting offensive line. You're always wondering what these contingency plans are. So with you already had Sweezy out, now you have Donovan Smith out. So the whole left side of the line, ideally, is gone. So they actually took Kevin Pamphil and moved him to left tackle, took Evan Smith, who's a backup center guard, and had him as the left guard. So definitely getting to test their depth on the offensive line. Donovan Smith just had the flu. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're hopeful he'll be back today. Uh, gets healthy, he can be back and playing for the Jaguars game. Will Golston, we had another excused absence, just like Kevin Pample missed three practices with a family emergency. Uh, Will Golston also had a family in us, so he was gone, did not go to the game Thursday, did not practice Saturday. Dirk Cutter seemed confident he would be back Monday, so that would resolve that as well. Uh, that's in addition to all the guys who have been injured in sidelines, guys like Sweezy, guys like Lewis Murphy, who has the knee, Caleb Beninock, who had hurt his ankle. Those are still out. Charles Sims, who had tweaked his ankle at Tropicana Field. This is like four podcasts ago. Uh, when they were at the Trop, he hurt his ankle. He's still held out. Uh, Casanova McKenzie has that uh, eternal hamstring injury. He's been out about two weeks now. Um, he was out as well. So all told, uh, 12 bucks not practicing Saturday, I would imagine we get maybe half those guys uh, back as guys were writing about uh, healthy on Monday, but we'll see on that. That took me away from what I was saying. I was talking about the nickel defense uh, and, and just the different lineups there. The other thing I kind of liked was uh, which guys are playing the most on special teams. Uh, it's really telling to me because they, they want to make sure that those backups, the bottom 15 guys on the roster, uh, have some special teams value. So... Interesting to see from that that, like, Devontae Bond, okay, played as many snaps on defense as anybody. Played, like, 16 snaps. Keith Tandy was right there. Um, I'm trying to think who else was high in terms of special team snaps. But a bunch getting, like, 16, 15 snaps right away. That will help them uh, stay on this roster. If you can lock up a job on all four special teams and punt on punt coverage, on kickoff, on kickoff coverage— uh, that's an easy way to break a tie and make the roster as a backup. Got lots of questions to get to here on the mailbag. Uh, we put up questions. By the way, if you want to ask a question for the mailbag, we love the interactivity here on the podcast. Uh, best thing to do is hit us up on Twitter. If you're not following us already, we're up to like 55 followers on Twitter. Uh, Locked on Bucks is the Twitter handle, just L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-B-U-C-S. Uh, thrilled to have followers on there. Uh, I told my son, Riley, I want to get us up to 100 followers on that Twitter account by the Jaguars game on Saturday. So I'll be uh, working that account, trying to get more followers. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg Allman. Uh, that's the, the account that gets all the traffic. i got like 16,000 followers there. Love every single one of them. Uh, but uh, shoot an email if you'd rather. Shoot an email to LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Love to have your questions and comments. We had asked what impressed you guys the most from Thursday's game. Uh, first question I have comes from TL, who's on Twitter at Seville05. I'm thinking Seville is Charlottesville, uh, but not positive. I got to go to Charlottesville once in college, covered an NCAA basketball game, and did it all the wrong way. Like, drove in, went and covered the game, left middle of the night, never saw campus during the day. So I'm sure Charlottesville is an amazing campus, one of those nice northern campuses. 
I've been there, but I cannot say I've really been able to appreciate Charlottesville. Uh, I think that's where he's coming from there. It could be like Campbellsville, I guess. There's other Seavilles out there. But TL wants to know, uh, he's asking about bubble players. He said his favorite thing about uh, these preseason games, watching the bubble players, three in particular he was impressed with, Isaiah Johnson, Kevon Cartwright, and Andre Davis. Isaiah Johnson uh, had a great game, came in late, uh, made two splash plays in a row. They had a pass across the middle where Jonathan Banks was kind of riding the receiver, stripped the ball out, popped right to Isaiah Johnson, took off running. Unfortunately, uh, Akeem Spence had a personal foul, hit his hand hand on the helmet of the quarterback, which is always going to call that back. So that negated that turnover. But the very next play, uh, Carson Wentz lets the ball sail. It goes right to Isaiah Johnson. Uh, Isaiah returned it, I want to say, 35 yards on that pick. Isaiah uh, is from South Carolina, as we mentioned last time, had John Hoke as his position coach last year. Uh, Hoke is the secondary coach now for the Bucks, so it gives him a little advantage. Would be tough for Isaiah to make this roster. He'd have to sneak in, maybe if they kept a fifth safety and he was good enough to beat out like Major Wright. That's about the only way he makes this team. I would think he's a sure bet for the practice squad right now, the way he's playing, though, at a very minimum. He's one of the 10 guys that they would keep there. Uh, that's Isaiah Johnson. Curious to see if he can get more playing time earlier with the Jaguars after making some splash plays there against the Eagles. Kevon Cartwright, I think, had one catch, if I remember right. Uh, Kevon had a nice touchdown in practice on Saturday. Uh, he's tied in for Colorado State, where's 46, 80, 40, 46, sorry. Uh, Danny Vitale is 86. So Kevon Cartwright, where's 46, did have a nice catch. Kevon, again, is he's kind of caught in that numbers game. I mean, I think right now they're probably keeping four tight ends on this roster. Uh, again, we know that Braid and ASJ are two of them. I'm fairly confident that Luke Stocker is going to be the third. So now you're really looking at Danny Vitale and Brandon Myers competing for that fourth spot. Uh, Myers would have to show something, making $1.75 million to, to make the team as a fourth tight end, getting paid that much. Uh, and then Kevon's probably the next guy looking in. He would need to have some really big plays on special teams, maybe find a role on special teams too. Sorry, big plays at tight end, role on special teams. Uh, Andre Davis uh, had two nice catches on back-to-back plays. Andre's from USF, from Jefferson High School here in Tampa. We always talk about uh, trying to be a, tri- a trifecta guy. A guy that plays football in Tampa at all three levels, like playing in high school in Tampa, at USF in Tampa, and then with the Bucks. Uh, the closest we've come to that, best I can remember, is uh, Tyrone McKenzie, a linebacker that played at Riverview High School. So not quite Tampa, but certainly in Hillsboro. Uh, Tyrone played at Riverview. Bounced all around. I think it was like Iowa State, Minnesota, and then USF. But played really well at USF uh, as a transfer, as a senior there. Bounced around the league uh, as a special teams guy. Played a little bit with the Bucks, maybe four games. Uh, but he's the guy that had all three that way. Andre, again, has his work cut out for him. Hasn't gotten a look on returns. So he would have to really splash, get in the games earlier, and make plays for him to make this team. Andre was on the Bucks practice squad last year, so certainly could come back in that role there's going to be really good depth on this this receiver group. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, hotly contested, not only who makes the team as a fifth or as a sixth receiver, but also who the guys are that make that practice squad. Uh, when you think about guys like Dante Dye still being practice squad eligible, Andre Davis, uh, there's others, too, uh, that would be a guy that would be in the mix for practice squad. So those are your three bubble guys. What I'm most curious about these bubble guys is is which can get into the game earlier. Uh, If you were a fourth-quarter guy in the first game, you want to be a third-quarter guy in the second game. You want to show you can make plays against a higher level of competition because making plays in the fourth quarter of a preseason game just shows that you're better than the guys that aren't going to make the other team. Um, you got to get in earlier. got to take advantage of of reps against NFL players. 
they'll have a chance to do that against Jacksonville. They'll have a chance to do that in practice. I mean, the nice thing about these joint practices is that you can make plays and show something against somebody else there. Uh, another question coming in, uh, Riley, my son, wants to know if Ryan Griffin can be a number two quarterback with the Bucs. We asked Dirk Cutter about Ryan Griffin, uh, and he said one of the big decisions they have to make here the month of August is whether they think Ryan Griffin is good enough to be their number two next year in 2017. Uh, we've talked about how Mike Glennon uh, is an unrestricted free agent in the spring. So even if they don't trade him during this season before the trade deadline, uh, they have to expect that Glennon's going to want to leave and go somewhere where he has a better chance to be a starter. I'm sure they'll make him a compelling offer as a backup here, uh, but they can't offer him the shot at playing time that other teams can. So they have to decide now, should they carry three quarterbacks again just to set up Ryan Griffin as a number two for 2017? Last year, they carried three every week in the season, and Jameis Winston didn't miss a snap. So not only did Mike Glennon not take a snap all year, but Ryan Griffin was inactive as a 53, as a guy on that roster every week last year. Uh, I thought Griffin looked pretty good. He had two bad passes. He had the, the one interception that was kind of on that bobbled pass. You can't even really blame him on that. And then got the Bucks all the way down to the 7-yard line. Drove from, like, the Bucks 26 all the way to the Philly 7-yard line with, like, a minute 50 to go or something like that. Had first and goal at the 7 and kind of forced a pass. Going for Bernard Reedy. Uh, the Eagles rookie, C.J. Smith, picked him off, and that kind of killed any chance they had at getting a touchdown, going for two, tying this game and making things fun. Uh, but no, Ryan Griffin will have at least the fourth quarter of these games. He's got a big opportunity in these next three games to show what he can do, probably even more in that fourth preseason game. He might have an entire half in that game. Uh, so for him, it's a chance to showcase himself. He's competing against air. He doesn't have any competition to be the number three quarterback. He's trying to make the case to the Bucks that they need to keep three quarterbacks. Uh, so that'll be a big question in the second half of these games. Uh, Darren Tasson Tassone wants to know, should the Bucks decide on a punter earlier so Roberto Aguayo, the rookie kicker, gets more reps with the guy that'll be his holder? Uh, we can assume right now that the punter will be the holder on field goals and extra points. Uh, Mike Glennon has also gotten a look in that role. You know, it's, it's a toss-up right now between Brian Anger, who they brought in as a free agent, and, and Jake Shum, who was the starter last year. Uh, Jake got five punts. On Thursday night, Anger got two punts. Uh, Anger had a better average. He averaged like 45. I think uh, Shum was closer to 41. Uh, Anger had one punt inside the 20. Anger had one, but Shum had two inside the 20. Another two that were, were caught on the 20. So both of them playing well. Uh, I would be impressed if they'll cut Anger just because they gave Anger a $750,000 roster bonus. So they would eat more money in cutting him than they would in paying Jake Shum all season. But Jake is certainly a guy that is showing himself uh, to be a guy that would be right there. If he gets cut by the Bucks, could easily see him getting signed to another job and still being one of the best 32 punters in the NFL. Our last question comes from Douglas Sean O'Connor. I think that's his third question here in the podcast. So thrilled to have Doug as an active uh, question guy here on the uh, mailbag. Uh, let's talk about Micah Awe. Uh, we had mentioned him uh, what we didn't know when we recorded the podcast for Friday is that Micah Alwe uh, had a hit there in the fourth quarter uh, that fractured a rib for Carson Wentz. You know, Carson Wentz, high first-round draft pick, a uh, guy that the Eagles are, are really hoping is part of their future. Uh, I don't think he's going to play again in the preseason. He got a hairline fracture of the rib. They had a play where they had Micah Alwe right on the line of scrimmage as a linebacker, brought him hard, unblocked on a blitz, and Alwe hit him hard. Uh, I want to say uh, the other side of the defense had a defensive end, Martin Effetti, 
<coughs> Martin only played five snaps, uh, but Martin kind of got a knee to Wentz's back as he went down. But between the two of them, uh, fracture rib for Carson Wentz. You hate to see that for the Eagles, but uh, shows how physical the Bucks defense has been uh, making plays here this first game. We'll see more of that coming up Saturday in Jacksonville. I am at like 23 minutes now, so i got to wrap things up. But thank you guys very much uh, for this podcast. I do want to throw a plug out. If you're listening to this podcast, we've got a great daily audience we're building up. No, nothing but big Bucks fans listening. If you're interested in advertising, please shoot us an email at lockedonbucks at gmail.com. Got really good rates per thousand. Um, we can do a live read for whatever your company is. If you want to reach out, if your target demographic is, is folks that love the Bucks, have passion about Bucks, uh, they're the guys that are listening to my podcast, the guys and girls, I should say. Uh, so if you're interested in advertising, we're certainly interested. We'll, we'll be rolling out some national ads on the podcast here this week. Thrilled to have them on board. Uh, but for now, we're going to wrap things up here. This is the longest I think we've gone in 11 podcasts. Lots to talk about. We'll be back on Tuesday as well. But thank you guys for listening. Episode 11 is in the books uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman for the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.